How's everybody doing this morning? Hopefully you're doing well up and having a little bit of coffee or tea or whatever your favorite morning beverage may be. Um, Me, a little bit of coffee here. That's what I'm enjoying. Hey, we are uh, spending a few days talking about this conflict. And uh, the question that was asked by Fran last week was why people hate the Jews so much. Uh, And... Hopefully, in just the, the little thumbnail that we gave of just the first few hundred years, actually, of Jewish history uh, has painted the picture for us. I mean, at the very beginning of it all, uh, we, we see the, the family, the familial uh, reasons why there is hatred, uh, and, then, and then beyond the familial, uh, Isaac and uh, 
Ishmael, but then also the, the, the geopolitical Abraham moving around to different places, uh, ending up in a place in Canaan that wasn't even his place to begin with. Uh, and yet God said, I'll give you this place. And we can see why the people of that area, even to this day, some what, three, 4,000 years later, uh, they're still angst about um, uh, still angst about the Jewish people and uh, uh, what they stand for. So we're going to continue in that motif and that theme this morning. Uh, I'm going to try to paint with some broad brushstrokes, broad brushstrokes to get us at least up to the New Testament, if I can, um, and. That in and of itself will, will provide some uh, semblance, some some substantiation for why there's this hatred of the Jewish people. I, in fact, if I kind of keep it to broad brushstrokes and not get so much into the details today, uh, we might actually be able to get into the 20th century, uh, and that's skipping over a lot of ground, actually. So um, yesterday we talked about Abraham and Sarah. Abram and Sarai, who became Abraham and Sarah, not having children. And then finally, Sarah says, look, you're getting old. You need to have kids. Your parts aren't going to keep working. You need to go have kids. So go have kids. That's a paraphrase just for the record. Uh, so here's Hagar. She's young. She's beautiful. Um, you know, you can you can have offspring through her. And being the man that Abraham was, he went, okay. And... Uh, Ishmael was the result of that. That bred, uh, no pun intended there, but it did breed some mistrust uh, and jealousy between Sarah and Hagar. Hagar would then be banished. The Lord has kept his eye on Hagar and has heard her, but he's been watching over her and makes the promise to Ishmael that he also would be a great nation. Uh, and... Uh, that's the case to today, a great nation. But that is also the source of the ongoing conflict that we see among especially the the Middle Eastern peoples and the Jewish people even to this day. Now, you fast track to you go to Isaac. Isaac would have some kids, uh, and two of Isaac's kids were... Uh, Jacob and Esau... And actually, it was Esau and Jacob. Esau was born first, uh, and yet in the end of it, at the at the death of Isaac, Jacob is the one who will be given the the birthright blessing, the inheritance, if you will. Uh, and so Esau, who are now called the Edomites, I mean that further family familial issues driving peoples apart. And so we see those lingering issues right up and through into today. So, uh, yes, there are times when they come back together, like in Genesis chapter 25, verse uh, 9, uh, Isaac and uh, Ishmael come together. They bury their father. It seems like they're getting along, uh, and, and yet that doesn't last real long either. Same thing is true when you go further into the book of Genesis, you see uh, 
Jacob and Esau. They make some amends along the way. Uh, and, and yet there's still this deep seated mistrust that is there. I mean, Jacob was a shyster, uh, a, a manipulator, a, and his mother was too, for the record. Um, he's the one that, that put on the fake, uh, hair on his arm because apparently, uh, Esau had very hairy features and hairy arms and whatnot. And so, uh, the mother said, "Hey, put put this skin on, so when your father feels your arm, he'll think you're Esau." I mean, it was it was deceitful, absolutely deceitful. And we see these things along the way. I've said numerous times: if you want to uh, shelter your children, don't have them read the Bible. Uh, and and what we're looking at today, we think, well, you know, if we understand all this, is going to make life easier. No, it's going to show the complexities of humanity, and that's why we need a savior. So you're going through the book of Genesis and just covering the book of Genesis, the problems coming out of Abraham, Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Ishmael, and then then Isaac to Jacob, Jacob, and Esau. So now we see a a kind of a fourfold split in the family uh, that takes place here. Then when you get to Jacob, he has his own children, and they are... uh, fractious among themselves because there's the one son who has these dreams. Remember his name? Joseph. Joseph has these dreams. He he is he tells his brothers, his older brothers, about this dream or about these dreams and how they would serve him and whatnot. They didn't like it much. So what did they do? They they threw him in a pit. They sold him for money. And then they went and told their father that uh, you know that the son had been lost and been eaten by uh, ravenous uh, animals and didn't know where he was and whatnot. And um, so you see further family issues taking place in the life uh, of Abraham's lineage, Jacob and his kids having this issue. And, and we know what happens to Joseph. Joseph ends up being sold into slavery into Egypt, which is just kind of down around the, the, the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, and uh, Joseph grows to prominence to the point of being the prime minister of uh, of uh, Egypt. Well, during a famine, uh, Jacob's family, uh, all the boys and the father, Jacob as well, will come down to uh, Egypt because Joseph had the foresight in, in dreams, through dreams that the Lord gave him, to set aside uh, food in storage bins so that when famine would hit, they would have food. And uh, Jacob's boys knew this. Jacob knew this. They went down to uh, to Egypt, uh, and they were spared, and they discovered that Joseph was alive and that Joseph was the... Uh, Joseph was the prime minister of Egypt and, and whatnot. Uh, but even then, throughout really from Genesis chapter 12 all the way through to Genesis chapter 50, you see problems in Abraham's family, and it all stems back to there. Now, again, I said I want to cover some of the some of the high points here, and uh, uh, otherwise uh, we're not going to get through this. We know what happens from Joseph. Joseph is in Egypt, the... Um, the family makes their way to Egypt, and they end up being there for 400 years. Now, let's think about where they're coming from. 
they had established themselves in the region that we would sometimes call Canaan. Uh, and uh, they had property there and whatnot, but now they have left the, the Canaanite region and they head to um, they head to Egypt and they end up being there 400 years. So the people who were living in Canaan, they built property, they built cities, they uh, they built businesses and all these things. So the people living in Canaan, the, 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 what we would now think of the modern area of Palestine, would be thinking, well, this is our land. Jacob and his whole entourage have left. They're in Egypt. They haven't come back. You know, it's been several hundred years since they've been here. They're probably not coming back. Uh, and so the people in the Canaan region uh, felt secure and established. So there's there's number two. First, we have Abraham going there. He didn't, uh, God told him to go there. So it's God's directive. And that's another thing that creates angst for some people. But God's directive that Abraham go to Canaan. Secondly, now we see the return of the Jews under the leadership of Moses coming back to Canaan. And, and we know that they didn't actually end up in Canaan. They ended up in, in the, in the desert for a while. And then they would end up under the leadership of Joshua crossing back over the Jordan River, which is at flood stage, and uh, uh, defeating Jericho and defeating the, the various people who live in the region. Now, when you just go to the book of Joshua, you can see the reason why people in the Middle East have angst against the Jews. Partly, and this, this is going to sound anti-everybody else, you know, there's anti-Semitism. Uh, and what I'm about to say is going to sound anti-everybody else in the Middle East. God told them to wipe them out. God told Joshua to, to not leave the survivors unless they would uh, uh, come over to Jewish practices, in, in which case maybe they would have some allowance for the aliens. But what the Jewish people didn't do is they didn't follow God's directive. And by not following God's directive, uh, in in the days of Joshua, and it's harsh, it's brutal. I I I don't want to say that it's not. Uh, when God said to go wipe them out, uh, it, it's awful. But it was what God directed them to do, and they did not follow through on that directive. And by not following through, they have allowed the the seed, the root of of all the hostility and all the bitterness that we see even unto today, right up until this day. So uh, this is where so much of this comes from. Uh, I'm looking up a question. Because I don't, I, I want to give you a more specific date. Uh, so, Joshua uh, was leading the people in roughly uh, 1355 BC. So you take the 2000 years from us to Christ and you go back another 1355 years. So, you know, we're, we're talking 3,500 years ago. And then you go back 400 years prior to that uh, in the days of um 
Israel in Egypt. So, you know, now you're almost 4,000 years. Then you go back a few hundred years to, uh, to the time of Abraham. You know, you're, you're 4,000 to 4,500 years of hostility that has built up that has never gone away. And, and, uh, uh, this is where all of this is coming from right up until today. Now, let's let's fast track a little bit further and, and, and consider some more history. Okay, so that's the days of Joshua. The people cried out. They wanted a king. They, 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 God wasn't enough for them. Now, there's something about that, uh, and that comes at the end of the book of, uh, of Judges where the people said that they wanted a king. Let me... Uh, Let me see if this is where this this is located. They wanted a king, and it says this, it, it Judges 21, 25, and so this is what happened. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. Everybody was just doing their own thing, and, and that's kind of where we are. In the modern world today, hey, let people do their own thing. Let them do as they want to do. We, you know, nobody should be able to tell other people uh, how to live and, and what they should practice and what they should do. And, and and this is exactly where we are today. And now this this verse feeds into uh, our our contemporary situation, especially in America, because those who are are leftist uh, would say. Everybody should be able to do what they want to do. Uh, you know, who, who, who are you to judge? Those on the right would say, well, the fact is, uh, there, there are, there is moral code. There is a moral compass. There are moral laws. There, there is right. There is wrong. And, and those on the left would say, yeah, the, the wrong is not letting people do what they want to do. That's what's wrong. Uh, and, and so people on the left are, are saying, let everybody do as they see fit. And so this is where we see all the sexual freedom uh, and liberty and confusion and, and so on. And so when you go back to the book of Judges, the very last verse, Judges 21, 25, in those days Israel had no king and everyone did as he saw fit. Now, again, you can go through the book of Judges and you can see the the warring and the problems between uh, between. the various tribes of the people of Israel. It's problematic. And uh, that leads us, again, to where we are today. You get into the book of Samuel. book of Samuel, we see the people wanting kings. They're granted a king. The first king was named Saul. second king was David. David was a great king in many ways. I mean, he was a warring king. Uh, he was a king that God said, look, because blood is on your hands, I'm not going to allow you to build my temple. Uh, he raised the money for the temple, uh, but he didn't get to build the temple. Solomon is the one that built the temple. But even there, you see problems. And, and then you get to Solomon, and then you go down to the next Rehoboam who followed Solomon, and you begin to see these good kings and bad kings. And, and then you see a division of the land. There's the there's uh, the Israelites to the north because there's a divided kingdom. The Israelites to the north, and then the, the people of Judah to the south, as the kingdom is divided after the time of Solomon, after the time of Rehoboam, the, the kingdom splits. And so even within Israel itself now, we see the division. 
this will leave room for some several hundred years later for people like the Babylonians uh, and the Assyrians, the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans uh, all to invade the land. Uh, and and uh, really, from those days, uh, those partway through the kings uh, that you would read about in First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, you'd read about those things uh, from those days, and the, and then you get into the, the prophets like Isaiah and Daniel, and, and you see the invasion of the Babylonians and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. I left somebody out of the list there, but. You see the invasion, and you see the people of Israel being taken out as hostages, being taken out as captives, and being placed into 70 years of captivity uh, before they're allowed to go back. But then, even then, they don't have ownership of their own land. So you can go back probably close to 3,000 years and see how Israel, until 1948, did not actually have possession of its own land. Because of uh, by the time they came back, they were still under foreign rule. They, they, they did not get to rule themselves as, uh, as their own nation. Yes, they were their own ethnic group, but as was the case in so much of that part of the world around the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, they, they were under rule of Persians. They were under the rule of uh, the Greeks. They were under the rule of the Greeks being the Seleucids. Uh, uh, they were under the rule of the Romans. And so you see why, uh, again, from the Old Testament vantage point, there is so much angst. And you go through... Then you get into the New Testament, and uh, you again see the the Greeks under Roman authority. Not the Greeks, I'm sorry, the Jews under Roman authority and uh, wanting to be set free, looking for someone to liberate them. Jesus comes promising to be that person, yet he was bringing a spiritual liberation, not a, a political liberation to the people and so many of the Jews rejected Jesus because um, he wasn't setting them free from Roman oppression. Okay, we've got to the New Testament. We've gotten part way into the New Testament. Throughout the New Testament, uh, in what is written in the New Testament, they are under Roman rule. Uh, now you have another conflict that, that is existing. You have the conflict, at least the, the theological, uh, the philosophical, uh, and perhaps even to a certain measure, the political differences brought with the dawn of Christianity. So now you have another schism. You have the, the schism of Christianity and Judaism, which in the uh, when you get to the time of the Crusades will be some of the most awful, heinous uh, actions that take place uh, in human history during the days of the Crusade, uh, probably uh, Maybe not as equal to what we saw in the world wars, but but still, and it was all done under the banner of of Christianity and and, and Christian dominance and that type of a thing, and and that's where you see some of that, perhaps even in in American Christian nationalism. And we have to be careful that we do not become like the Crusaders who used the 
use Christianity as substantiation for off the awful atrocities that they committed uh, in the Middle Ages. So, okay, we've gotten to the Middle Ages. We've gotten that far. And, and there's a lot of things that could be talked about, uh, a lot of things I'm just glossing over. I, I think that you can see why I why people hate the Jews. Now, again, we looked at back in Genesis chapter 12. God says that those who bless Israel be blessed. Those who curse Israel be cursed. That's why we would choose to bless Israel. That's why we pray for Israel. Uh, last week, we talked about some of the spiritual reasons that, that Satan wanted Israel to, to fail so that Messiah wouldn't come. Well, okay, we need to get up into the 600s A.D., and you have the dawn of Islam. Now, Islam, the people of Esau, uh, and the people and the people of Esau would be called the Edomites, uh, and the people uh, of Ishmael, also uh, being a group of people. You're thinking of the people in Iraq. You're thinking of the people in. You're thinking of Syrian people. You're thinking the Kurds. You're thinking people in Turkey. Those are all descendants uh, out of the, the line of uh, of Esau. Uh, and so, again, you go back and you think about the conflict between uh, between Jacob and Esau, uh, and you see why there is all this tension that surrounds Israel to this day uh, in the Middle East and, and what the nature of all the problems are. There's, there's geopolitical reasons. There's there's inheritance reasons. There's family issues. Uh, there are issues of greed and, and riches. We talked about yesterday how when he, uh, Abraham came back from Egypt, he came with all this wealth and all these cattle and all these things. And so you see how that contributed. You get into the uh, the last millennia, one thousand to uh, one thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Remember Y two K, um, and all of those years during those years, the Jewish people were the ones that would lend money to people, and they charged some interest, and that's where they got a lot of their wealth. And, and so, uh, you get into the nineteen hundreds, and and you see Hitler, and you see him pointing to the Jews and, and all their wealth, and saying they've stolen this wealth. Even though the Jewish population was such a small, small population compared to what we see on planet Earth uh, today, uh, or compared to what you see am- about, uh, among all the other nations in that time, uh, and Hitler was blaming the Jews uh, for and saying, "Look, they want to control the world. They want to control the wealth." Uh, during times like the Black Plague, they were accused of poisoning people's water wells, which which really wasn't true. But but they were they had to blame somebody. Israel became the scapegoat uh, any time that there was something like a plague that took place, and, and and the Black Plague that came. And again, people pointed to them and blamed them, even though people would go and prove that, you know, that was all conspiracy and there was no, it was fallacious. There was no fact to it. Uh, Many people chose to hold on to that. You get to uh, the 1900s. Uh, The Jewish people are uh, dispersed all over the world. 
and uh, you get to November 2nd, which I can remember because it was my birthday, in 1917, the Balfour Declaration that begins to give at least some credence uh, to uh, Israel being able to uh, be in the land of Canaan. Uh, and and then you see British control and French control over that area. Uh, the entire Middle East was controlled by the British and the French, the French to the north, uh, the British to the south. So it was uh, colonized, colonialized in, in that way. Uh, and so people look back and they remember that, and there was a great disdain for, for how that happened. Uh, in 19... 19- 47, the British people said, we're going to pull out. And so they pulled out and said, you guys are on your own. And that's when uh, 1948, May 14th, I think was the date, 1948, the declaration that Israel would be its own state. It was their own declaration, and the UN signed off on that. And then that went into, okay, but what about the Palestinians? What do we do with that? And and. From 1948 until right now, we still see the same issues going on. And, and I haven't even gotten into uh, uh, all that takes place there with, with uh, Jewish people being interspersed with Palestinians and, and how the Palestinians were given the region of Gaza, the Palestinians were given the region of the West Bank, uh, and, and yet uh, many Jews would move in and set up uh, their own communities in those areas and and that itself has led to great angst and so here we are today uh friends i I, i'm probably not going to go a lot further i probably could go further i could talk about uh, uh all the palestinians who were displaced in wars all the palestinians who were displaced through uh international united nations uh decisions uh, so much of this. Now, what does this have to do with us? It just paints the picture of how we got to where we are today. And, and again, I've only gotten us up into like the 1940s. I haven't gone further than that uh, to, to talk about anything beyond that. But I hope that you can see why there's so much hatred for the Jews. What position should we have? Well, I, I believe we should have the position of being for all people, uh, praying for all people, praying for because they all need the Savior, they all need Jesus, whether they're Jewish, whether they're Palestinian, whether they're Syrian, whether they're Turkish, whether they're Iranian, whether they're Iraqi, whatever, Jordanian, uh, British, Scottish, Japanese, people all over the world need Jesus. And that should be what drives our prayers as Christians. And yet, nonetheless... We also understand, go back to Genesis, what we looked at in Genesis 12, 3, I think it was, and uh, God's promise to bless those that would bless Israel. So we take the position, I take the position, I will stand in solidarity supporting Israel uh, and the fact that, that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to rule from, from Israel, he's going to rule from Jerusalem. Uh, and so in that sense, I would be pro-Israel and yet not be pro all the carnage that, that is taking place. However, I mean, the question remains, does Israel uh, possess the right to do what they're currently doing in Gaza? And that's where we 
end today. Lots to think about. I, I, I mean, this was a very, very fast flight uh, over a lot of history uh, to help us understand why there is so much hatred today for the Jews. Lord, help us to love those whom you love. Help us to pray for those for whom you pray. Help us to, to know that there are people all over the world who need Jesus. May we pray that they come to the Savior. And Lord, meantime, we pray that you will end the fighting, end the war taking place in Israel and in the Middle East today. Lord, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I will not be on tomorrow. I will see you uh, perhaps next Thanksgiving Day. Have a good day, everyone.